0: Today, we have a special guest with us, Susan Hayworth, and Susan specializes in working with stepmothers, which is, of course, something that's a very important role with us as we move through the divorce process and to the next stage of life where maybe we've gotten remarried and we now have a blended family, which I think Susan has some interesting points on that as well. So I'd like to introduce you to her and Susan, I welcome, and I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in this area and and what it is that, that brought you to it.
1: Thank you, Elizabeth. This is such a treat for me. So I really appreciate any day that I get to talk about step families is a good day. Um, I have been a counselor and a coach for decades, and what that makes me is an old person. Um, but I started out my career working with people inpatient, uh, working uh, with people who had substance abuse issues. And then I've worked with families, uh, adolescents and their families. I've worked with uh, in the corporate world with executives. So I've run the gamut, and I've also worked a lot with adolescents. Uh, I was a school counselor for a while. Um, In the last six years, I decided to focus my practice on working with step parents and helping them navigate this crazy uh, road ahead for them. Uh, Some some of them are new step parents and some of them not so new. Um, But what I like to say is that I have turned my mess into my message. I have been a step-parent for 27 years, made my share of mistakes, did some things OK, but I learned a lot. And so with that, um, I, I help step-parents in their role. And as you said, particularly step-moms.
0: Well, you know, like you said, every situation is so unique and Uh, you know, whether it's one party bringing children to the relationship or both parties and you're trying to mesh. So tell us a little bit about that uh, meshing, I guess we could call it, The, uh, the, you know, how that comes together. What are, you know, some of the things that people should think about perhaps before they entertain that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's so much. I mean, what I say is, you know, we enter into it with our eyes wide shut because there's no playbook for how to be a step family. We grow up. And most of us have first families that we know of, even if we grew up in a step family, we know how first families operate. We read books where there are first families. We see movies where there are first families. And we we afford first families a certain amount of autonomy and privacy to do their own thing and to forge their their own rules and their own protocols. That doesn't happen with second families or step families, whatever you want to call them, because you know they come together. And usually these days, it's because of divorce. It's about ninety percent of step families are formed as a result of divorce. They come together and they it's it kind i call it the plug and play mentality so you just find a partner you plug her in or plug him in and and play the play continues well it doesn't really work that way there are a lot of miscommunications there are a lot of blurry boundaries and so what i always advise my step families to do no matter what stage they're in is to Build new r- rituals, new rules, new protocols for their step family, and to talk about what their expectations are. To talk about what their fantasies are. I I grew up in a, in an era where the Brady Bunch was the step family, right? And I was sure my own step family we were going to resolve any problems in thirty minutes or less. Uh, well, of course, it didn't it didn't work that way at all. And so there's a lot of disappointment that comes with being uh, a stepmom. We have a lot of we have a lot of responsibilities usually, and not not the authority. And so you know it's it's like we're we're torn. We're co-parenting. We're we're acting sometimes like a bio mom, but we're not a bio mom. So there there are minefields everywhere, and my job is to help. Some families avoid some of those uh, danger zones and to help them start communicating and start establishing boundaries for themselves.
0: Do you find in some of these situations that the the woman, the stepmom, finds herself in a situation where she's actually being a single parent in this new relationship? Maybe the husband is very focused on work. He travels a lot for business and that sort of thing. And now she's truly really does have the responsibility of raising his kids when he's not there. But yet, once again, she doesn't have power, she doesn't have authority, and she might not have respect.
1: Yeah, yeah, all that you said is true. And that happens not in every family, because every step family has their uniqueness, you know, their their qualities that are different. But in some cases, yes, the divorced dad, let's just use that as an example, he is, he needs help. And so he finds somebody and he says, here, you take it. You know, I I need help here. And so the stepmom is thrust into this new role. We wind up feeling like au pairs quite a bit. So we're doing a lot of heavy lifting, but we're not shown, as you said, the respect Uh, We don't have any authority. Um, So we feel like hired hands and uh, that's not good for a relationship. A lot of resentments start building, which is poison actually to the relationship. So um, I, what I try to do is help my step parents focus on their relationship and we can't do it by ourselves. I am a stepmom. I'm a bio mom. My daughter is also has a, a stepmom, so I, I have all these hats. Uh, but you can't fix relationship problems by yourself. You need the help of the other person. And in the, prior to 1950, most stepfamilies formed because of death. Uh, one of the spouses died. And so we needed another partner. We needed someone to keep the farm going. We needed somebody to keep the household going. So we just found someone and plugged him or her in and that in our modern society, that does not work.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point. So how would you advise somebody that is, has gone through the divorce process and they're looking for this next relationship And they're and they know that that next relationship in most situations may involve children. How do you advise them on approaching that or or what kind of things to work on to prepare for something like that?
1: Yeah, I love that question. Thank you, Elizabeth, because we need to work on ourselves. You know, that is the first thing that anyone needs to do when they're going through a divorce. A Divorce can be so traumatic. It can lead to a lot of shame, feelings of shame, uh, feeling like we're failure. And the last thing we need to do is jump right into the fire again. So we need to work on ourselves and process our feelings, our hurt, our disappointment, our anger, and our responsibility for what didn't go well in the relationship and that will help with the next relationship. Um, so we need to find people to support us too. And one of the things that I deal with is stepmoms in particular who have been given bad advice, bad counsel, um, because they went and saw a therapist who didn't understand step family dynamics and so they got labeled with they were diagnosed with different syndromes and i, I call i i tell them that what you have is stepmom itis that's my official diagnosis but they get you know diagnosed with inability to regulate their emotions or you know all kinds of things um And so really working on yourself is so important in the process. And then, of course, once you get into a new relationship, communicating what with each other, what your expectations are in the new family, what your fantasies are, what do you hope would happen? I see I have a good bit of my practice are women who've not had bio children of their own. And so this is their shot at having a family. And so it's their fantasy that they're going to create this family that they've always wanted to have. And sometimes the men, the divorced dads, I also have some clients who are divorced dads and their fantasy is that they're gonna get it right this time, you know? They're going to create the family they never had, the loving family. And instead of talking about those fantasies and those expectations, we just put them on the other person. So blame and shame have no place in relationships, right? And so we have to make sure that we come out of whatever relationship we had that failed without blaming the other partner, but taking responsibility for what we contributed
0: those are great points. And I think too, that we um we have to remember that the other person isn't a mind reader.
1: Indeed. indeed. I mean, that goes for first families, second families, third families. Um, yeah, yeah, communication is, of course, the number one uh, source of conflict in relationships, period, whether they're first families or not. So um, and then there are some added stressors two-step families, which makes the divorce rate very high, very high for second families.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've seen those statistics and they are, it is amazing how it leaps from a first family to a second family, those statistics. It is. So we know that, you know, going through a divorce is painful, traumatic, overwhelming, emotional, um, and it's so important to have the right people surround you, professionals surround you um, to support you through that process. If someone were looking for uh, someone like you in in a counseling role to help them either through the divorce or post-divorce as they move on with their life, whether they're going to be uh, a single parent or step into a stepmom role, what what advice would you give them when seeking out some help like that?
1: yeah I um it's really important I think as someone who is both a provider and a user of services I know I have uh, had some really good relationships with therapists and counselors and coaches and some not so good and I think what you need to do is find someone who can relate to your experience so that if you are a new stepmom for example, I would advise you to look for someone who's very well-versed in step-family dynamics, who is maybe someone who's been through it themselves. That would be a good thing. Um, Most importantly, I think looking for someone who shares your worldview. And you can get this by either asking for a complimentary consultation and talking to them or perusing their website or any blog they might have, the writings, because people do reveal their worldview in that way. Recently, I was uh, I listened to a, a, a presentation by a divorce coach and in her presentation she said one of the things she does is helps her clients understand that they just made some bad choices and i immediately thought that would be not that would not be a person i would go to because if you're not looking at your part in people get together for all kinds of reasons they stay together for all kinds of reasons but and if you're not looking at your own stuff then you're going to keep making bad choices. Um, So, you know, I like to say the only, the, the most important ingredients for finding somebody is that you have mutual respect and that you're both willing to work on yourselves and on the relationship and do the hard work that's required. So it's not a matter of choosing the wrong person time and time again.
0: I've, I've heard that many times, and I would agree with you, because you see so many marriages that last for a very extended period of time, and they're happy and healthy, but then maybe they reach a certain stage of life or something traumatic happens in their world that shakes them up and it 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 splinters the relationship. So. Um, A lot of times it's not really bad choices. It's just bad events or traumatic events.
1: Exactly. There's so many reasons that people, as I said, get together and stay together. Um, So, yeah, we have to just be able to pivot, of course, and to work. It's constant work to build a sustainable and equitable relationship. And that's what most of us are going for. You know, nobody is hoping to have multiple relationships, I don't think. Um, So, yeah, I I think so really looking at a a counselor or coach or therapist, whatever, who shares your worldview is very important. And I think most of my clients know what my worldview is. And if they don't, you know, I don't, I like to help people um, get out of a victim mentality. And so uh, that doesn't work for me to work with somebody who's committed, married, so to speak, to her or his victimhood.
0: That is a very hard thing to to work with. As yeah. Somebody that wants to stay stuck in the past, stay stuck looking backwards, and isn't yeah. ready to do the work to move forward. Yeah. So, have you have you ever had like a really unique? Uh, case that stood out where where you thought if only, you know, they had done something different, this could have turned out differently or, or just an important lesson maybe that came out of something. I'm oh, sure you have a lot of stories.
1: There <laughs> are so many stories. You know, one of my earliest clients really was a, a couple that had been together 20 years and they had never talked about what they were expecting from each other and after 20 years they hit up uh, as you said you know something major happened in their lives that shook things up what happened was the man became uh, very ill a very adverse diagnosis it wasn't looking good um, and uh, that shook the whole family up and the stepdaughter and the um, her stepmom got at, at, they they were not agreeing on on treatment plans and everything else. So, so that was the bump they hit, and it's a big bump. Um, but they had never talked about what they expected from each other. And in our work together, it came out that after all these years, the the man, the divorced dad, was saying, "I need you to love my children as much as I do." And and it was like, oh my gosh this is so unrealistic, you know, and she had never loved his kids the way he loved it. So we, we spent a lot of time on that. And luckily, fortunately for this couple, they're still together and they're still, we're still in communication and we still occasionally have sessions together. Um, he was willing to look at that and let go of his fantasies. And that's, That is so important. And I have couples right now where one of them is not willing to do that. And it doesn't portend well for the relationship. Um, So it it takes both of them um, to do that. I've had, I have one, the other thing, the other, I'm still grieving this one couple because I don't work with couples who are cheating on each other. Now, I say that, because, but I don't know, right? Unless they tell me. Sometimes I ask, but, you know. So in this particular case, the woman was cheating. Now, she wasn't cheating with having an affair. While we were working together, doing couples work, she was cheating by going to a divorce coach and building the foundation of getting out of the relationship so it wasn't a sincere effort to 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 build the relationship to to repair it um i mean that is not terribly unusual um uh, but she was in fact cheating I say it wasn't terribly unusual because a lot of couples go into counseling when one person has a foot out the door. They wait too long. I didn't see this coming, but you know she filed for divorce.
0: That's really unfortunate, and it does make sense that he that that one party is already got a foot out the door because oftentimes I think what may ha- come about is you aren't talking about divorce until one day you are, and that's the day that one person says, I want a divorce, and the other one says, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's go to counseling. Yes. The other person has mentally made the decision.
1: That is exactly what happens, and then the other thing that happens, and I have another couple like this, they bounce from from therapist to counselor to coach to therapist to counselor to coach, looking for someone who has magic. And of course, none of us does, right? So they're not willing to do what it takes, which is digging deep and making some, some changes, behavioral changes.
0: Yeah. And, ch- and change is hard.
1: It is so hard. It takes a lot. It takes a a lot. And I am always I'm so grateful for my clients who are willing to put in all that work. Um, You know, my job is to love them, um, to offer them the truth as I see it. And fortunately for me, I fall in love with my clients a lot. So that's not a hard that's not hard for me.
0: So you are in California, correct? I am. But you work all over? I do.
1: I do. So I don't have a California license. And so I am able to work as that. That also means I don't take insurance, which is, you know, good and bad. Right. Um, But I do work with people all over the states. And I even have some clients in the UK right now.
0: And I believe you had mentioned in a previous conversation we had that you have a group, uh, an online group or some sort of group for stepmoms. Is that right? I do.
1: I do. So I have some free things for, for, I have my online group, my Zoom group. That's once a month, the first Thursday of every month. It's totally free. You have to register and it's for any stepmom and it's a support group. So it's open enrollment. I also have monthly webinars for for step parents, actually for anyone on topics related to step parenting um, that anyone, it's free too, anyone can can register and sign up. And then I have some fee-based support groups for step moms. And I also, of course, do individual and couples work um, with step parents.
0: How would someone get in touch with you to either join one of those groups, attend a webinar, or engage your services?
1: So um, I actually, if you just Google my name, I seem to be coming up a lot, um, which is my last name is H-A-W-O-R-T-H, Susan. But my company, the company I do business under is cambioscoaching.com, and it's C-A-M-B-I-O-S coaching.com. Combios is the Spanish word for changes. So, um, uh, they can contact me through there. Um, all my offerings are on my website. Um, I offer complimentary consultations, always willing and eager to meet people and talk to them without obligation, of course. So.
0: Yeah, well, that's great, and I'm I'm glad you shared with us the meaning behind Combios because I I was wondering, and I was going to ask you about that. So that's um that's a great way to say what you do. You know, yeah, for change. Yeah, thank, thank you so much for joining us today. It was it was great to talk with you to learn more about what you do, how you do it, and how you help women uh, in particular. So it's, it's very fascinating. And I look forward to having other conversations down the road.
1: Well, I'll look forward to that, Elizabeth. Thank you for this opportunity. It's been
0: a lot of fun. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at DivorceLendingAssociation.com.